You are tuned to KVMR, FM Nevada City, KCPC, Camino. It's time for the KVMR Evening News for Friday, October 16th, 2020. For their support, we'd like to thank Scraps Cat and Dog Bakery. Open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday, offering deliveries and curbside pickup at 2034 Nevada City Highway, next to B&C Hardware, 530-274-4493. Ben Franklin Crafts, featuring Halloween decorations to transform the inside and outside of a home into a haunted manor. Also, masks, hats, and other costume-creating supplies for Halloween. Ben Franklin Crafts is on Sutton Way, Grass Valley. Well, coming up on our newscast this evening, we'll have some local headlines and your weather forecast, followed by NPR national headlines. Then we'll talk with Nevada County Public Information Officer Taylor Wolf about whether it's okay to go trick-or-treating in Nevada County this Halloween. The Public News Service will have a report on the census count coming to an end after the Supreme Court sides with Donald Trump. KVMR's Keith Porter talks with Denise Ronalter, the president of Master Gardeners of Nevada County, and we'll close out our newscast with Marty Marshall giving us the Grass Valley Downtown Association Report. Coming up at 6.30 this evening, it's the California Report, and at 7 o'clock we bring you Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman. I'm Felton Pruitt. Now here are today's news headlines. The Trump administration has rejected California's request for disaster relief aid for six major wildfires that scorched more than 1.8 million acres in land, destroyed thousands of structures, and caused at least three deaths last month. The rejection of aid came yesterday, a rare move in cases of disasters on the scale of California's fires. The move established a long-running feud between the Trump administration and California on the issue of climate change and forest management, even though the federal government owns quite a bit of land in California. California has suffered a series of record-breaking fires since August, when freak lightning storms ignited hundreds of fires. Subsequent fires in September tore through parts of the Sierra Nevada and wine country north of San Francisco. Judd Deere, a White House spokesman, said President Trump had already come to the state's assistance when his administration authorized increased funding for debris removal from the fires, as well as relief from the August fires. Deere said the more recent and separate California submission was not supported by the relevant data that states must provide for approval, and the president concurred with the FEMA administrator's recommendation. California officials immediately pushed back on that assessment. Brian Ferguson, a spokesman for the state's Office of Emergency Services, said the state had a strong case that it meets the federal requirements for approval and planned to appeal the decision. While the state did not include a specific dollar amount in its request, Governor Gavin Newsom wrote that because of a recession induced by the coronavirus pandemic, California went from a projected $5.6 billion budget surplus to a $54.3 billion projected deficit. California's economy is suffering in a way we have not seen since the 2009 Great Recession, he said in the request, which came in the form of a letter to President Trump. The union reports that the California Commission of Judicial Performance this week admonished Judge Robert Tamietti. Judge Tamietti disagreed with the commission's finding. In a press release, the commission stated the admonishment was made for misconduct in which Tamietti engaged while presiding over two criminal cases, including 
discourteous comments he made regarding the Nevada County District Attorney. The release noted that the commission did not pursue the possibility of more severe discipline as a result of Tamietti's agreement to retire and to not serve in a judicial capacity in the future. Tamietti is the only Nevada County judge to have been publicly disciplined since the inception of the commission in 1960. Tamietti said he acted in the best interest of the community and does not regret his actions. The late Congressman John Lewis described the consequences suffered for speaking out against injustice as good trouble, Tamietti said. Truckee community was being put at risk by the inaction of our elected district attorney in two very serious felony cases. Tamietti, a Nevada County native, was appointed by Governor Gray Davis in 2003 to fill the vacancy created by the elevation of Judge Kathleen Butts to the 3rd District Court of Appeals. KCRA Channel 3 reports that Placer and Nevada counties are seeing a spike in fentanyl overdoses. Both counties have reported more fentanyl deaths this year than compared to last year. Law enforcement agencies said the problem is compounded by the increase in counterfeit pills. Grass Valley Police Chief Alex Gamelgard said, We've seen what we believe to be counterfeit pills that are being sold as though they are legitimate pills, but actually contain very dangerous levels of fentanyl and other synthetic opiates. The Nevada County Sheriff's Office said the county is seeing three times the number of opioid deaths this year compared to last year. Grass Valley Police said that this is a problem which has been plaguing the I-80 corridor from Truckee to Placer County since the summer. It's definitely here in our region and people should be aware of it, said Gamelgard. Treatment facilities in the region are seeing the spike too. Ariel Lovett is the CEO of Granite Wellness Centers, the primary nonprofit provider of substance use disorder treatment services and prevention in Placer and Nevada counties. She wants people to know that their doors are open and that they have resources at the ready to help, even amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Ubinet reports that the Nevada Irrigation District has received a $145,000 CAL FIRE grant for fire fuels reduction at Rollins Reservoir, and a second $1.2 million grant has been awarded pending CEQA and other permitting from the Wildfire Conservation Board to continue restoration at English Meadow within the headwaters of the Yuba River in the Tahoe National Forest. NID states that the CAL FIRE grant has been received and work will soon begin to treat 103 high-priority acres adjacent to Rollins Reservoir. This is a critical area within the rural residential area of Nevada County, often called the Wildland-Urban Interface. Wildfire is a significant concern for district facilities and neighboring residential communities, and these roads are critical for ingress and egress, especially during an evacuation. The project will also expand treated area adjacent to the Ubet Firewise community of Nevada County and is synergistic with local residents' fire risk reduction efforts on nearby private lands. Concern is mounting in Europe as countries smash records for daily coronavirus cases and the World Health Organization warns that the daily death toll on the continent could reach five times its April peak within months. Countries that managed to contain infection rates through spring lockdowns and began relaxing measures are watching the virus return with a vengeance, with Germany, France, and the Czech Republic all reporting record case numbers in the past two days. The fall-winter surge continues to unfold in Europe with exponential increases in daily cases and matching percentage increases in daily deaths. 
The weather forecast for Grass Valley and Nevada City is calling for clear skies this evening with lows in the mid-60s. On Saturday, sunny skies with highs in the mid-80s, Saturday night clear with lows in the mid-60s, and on Sunday in the Grass Valley, Nevada City area, it should be sunny with highs in the mid-80s. In Sacramento, tonight clear skies with lows in the mid-50s. On Saturday, mainly sunny with highs in the low 90s. Saturday night clear with lows in the mid-50s. And on Sunday in the Sacramento region, mainly sunny with highs near 90. In Truckee, tonight clear skies with lows around freezing. Saturday, sunny skies with highs in the mid-70s. Saturday night, clear skies with lows around freezing again. And on Sunday in the Truckee area, mainly sunny with highs in the low 70s. In Angels Camp this evening, clear skies with lows in the mid-50s. On Saturday, sunny with highs in the mid-90s. Saturday night, clear with lows in the mid-50s. And on Sunday in the Angels Camp area, mainly sunny with highs in the low 90s. That's the KVMR Evening News Headlines. I'm Felton Pruitt. Live from NPR News, I'm Janine Herbst. Former President Obama will hit the campaign trail for his former Vice President Joe Biden next week. Obama has stayed away from the 2020 presidential campaign for long stretches as he finishes his memoir, among other things. But as NPR's Scott Detrow reports, his handful of speeches and appearances have been high profile. Obama delivered a searing speech from Philadelphia during the Democratic National Convention where he warned President Trump was incapable of holding the job of commander-in-chief and is putting American democracy at risk. Obama also spoke out against voter suppression when he delivered the eulogy at Congressman John Lewis's funeral. Now, Obama will campaign for his former VP in the final days of the presidential campaign. His first announced stop, Philadelphia, where in addition to delivering that convention speech this summer, Obama also campaigned alongside Hillary Clinton on the eve of the 2016 election. Scott Detrow, NPR News, Washington. And Biden is campaigning in Michigan today. President Trump campaigning in Fort Myers, Florida this afternoon, told a crowd his administration finalized a public-private partnership to deliver a vaccine when available to nursing homes at no cost to seniors. Seniors will be the first in line for the vaccine, and we will uh, soon be ending this pandemic. Hasn't happened a thing like this since 1918, 1917. That was a bad one, too. Referring there to the flu pandemic more than 100 years ago. It's one of three campaign rallies Trump is holding today. California's Governor Gavin Newsom says President Trump has reversed his administration's denial of a federal disaster declaration over the wildfires burning in the southern part of the state. Newsom says Trump now says he will approve the measure that will help the state's emergency response to the fires. A major disaster declaration was already approved for Northern California. A senior White House official is insisting that American troop levels in Afghanistan will drop sharply early next year. NPR's Tom Bowman reports National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien says the troop cuts were approved by President Trump. Robert O'Brien says both Trump and Defense Secretary Mark Esper have signed off on reducing the number of U.S. troops to 2,500 in early 2021. And the National Security Advisor says that number is not speculation a term used by Joint Chiefs Chairman General Mark Milley, who told NPR earlier this week that discussions were ongoing. Milley said the conditions on the ground would determine further troop reductions in Afghanistan, 
Taliban attacks are on the increase, and the group has yet to cut ties with al-Qaeda, both violations of the U.S.-Taliban agreement. American troop levels are scheduled to drop to 4,500 next month, and Pentagon officials say there has not been a formal order from the White House for further cuts. Tom Bowman, NPR News. This is NPR. Student-led demonstrators in Thailand defied a state of extreme emergency declared by the government early Thursday. That measure forbids gatherings of more than five people. The declaration is an effort to end the protests that are calling for the military-backed government to step down, a new constitution, and reforms to the monarchy. Michael Sullivan has more from Bangkok. The new decree took effect before dawn, after which police promptly dispersed hundreds of demonstrators who'd gathered outside the prime minister's office. Several protest leaders were arrested, but others vowed to regroup this afternoon in the commercial heart of the city. And they did. Thousands gathered to hear speakers defiantly vow not to quit despite the government's edicts. There was a heavy police presence, but no violence. The government says its measures are necessary after a largely peaceful demonstration on Wednesday caused chaos and disorder, their words, including disrupting a royal motorcade. For NPR News, I'm Michael Sullivan in Bangkok. U.S. consumers kept shopping in September. The government says retail sales grew 1.9% last month, with spending on cars, sporting goods, and clothes leading the way. Clothing sales were up 11%, and department store sales climbed 9.7%. Food store sales, though, were unchanged. Crude oil prices lower by the close, down $0.08 cents at $40.88 a barrel. Wall Street ended the day in mixed territory. I'm Janine Herbst, and you're listening to NPR News. You are tuned to the KVMR Evening News. We're talking with Taylor Wolf, the Public Information Officer for Nevada County. Taylor, we've got Halloween coming up shortly, and people are very confused about how to deal with this now. I could start by saying I live in downtown Nevada City, and I was looking forward to having 300 kids come to my door on Halloween and get candy. What is the county recommending? Well, first off, thanks for having me again, Felton. Um, You know, Halloween with COVID-19, like many other activities, it's looking a little bit different this year just to help not only keep ourselves, but our community members and those who are most at risk for getting um, and being impacted by COVID-19, keeping us all safe. So again, trick-or-treating does look a little bit different. Nevada County Public Health and the state is strongly discouraging trick-or-treating because it is a high-risk activity. It is something that typically brings groups of people together. It's hard to social distance, often young kids involved, um, hard to make sure we're all wearing masks. And, you know, no, a spidey mask, unfortunately, doesn't always count. It should be that cloth face covering um, that we've been talking about that covers both the nose and mouth. Those are just hard things to enforce and make sure are happening in a trick-or-treating environment. So although it is strongly discouraged because we don't have that want to have that mixing of multiple households. Uh, people may choose to collect candy if they'd like, and if they choose to do so, we want to let them know how to do so safely. So we recommend staying within your household group and maintaining that six foot of distance from others, similar to what we talk about um, when you're out in the community, maybe grocery shopping or going out to a restaurant or one of our downtown areas. Again, wearing that cloth face covering, even if you're in a costume, waiting until other visitors have left the table or the door before you approach if you are going up to households. 
making sure you're offering or taking prepackaged commercial treats because they can be wiped down prior to opening. And then, of course, waiting until you get home to eat any treats so you can wash your hands prior to eating. If you're choosing to give out treats, even though, you know, we do, again, strongly discourage it is a high-risk activity, we encourage people to wash their hands and use hand sanitizer often, even if you're wearing gloves. Again, making sure you're wearing that cloth face covering over your mouth and nose. Giving candy away from behind a table in your driveway. So rather than encouraging people to come up to your doorstep, um, having multiple household kids, whomever, ring your doorbell multiple times, um, having a table in your driveway will not only make it easier to access, but make sure we're not all touching the same surfaces over and over again. Also, you know, recommending not to give out candy in a bowl either this year. Consider using tongs, or we've seen creative ideas like candy slides to be able to distribute candy to trick-or-treaters. And of course, probably the most important, if you do choose to participate in trick-or-treating this year, although it is high risk, Please, please, if you have any COVID-like symptoms or are ill, please do not participate. Stay home um, and don't have that same interaction with others. That's all really good advice, and it gives me some ideas about how I might handle my own situation in downtown Nevada City come Halloween night. Yes, absolutely. I know we're all, again, looking at those creative ways to celebrate this year. You're talking about how you might distribute candy out in Nevada City where you are. I know my household this year, I've upped my decoration game quite a bit with some witch hats (laughs) hanging from the front porch and a skeleton cemetery out front, too. So just encouraging people to continue to be creative. You know, we have a great community here in Nevada County, um, and we we are still in the orange tier, which is good news. Um, We've remained there for the last few weeks due to the community's great work and our contract tracer's great work. So just another reminder to to be safe, be smart, and continue to keep up the good work so we can keep our economy open and continue to support our businesses um, and keep our COVID rates down in a safe way. We've been talking with Taylor Wolf, the Public Information Officer from Nevada County. Thanks for all the info, Taylor. Thank you, Felton. Next up on the KVMR Evening News, the Public News Service has a report on the census count coming to an end after the Supreme Court sides with Donald Trump. The roller coaster that has been the once-a-decade U.S. Census will come to an early end despite the failure to reach many tribal communities because of the COVID-19 health crisis. Census workers were in what's known as the non-response follow-up phase, knocking on people's doors. When the U.S. Supreme Court ruled on Tuesday, the Trump administration could shut down the count early. A consortium of advocacy groups, cities, counties, and tribes sued to maintain the October 31st deadline. Jessica Imodice is a Census Partnership Coordinator for the Nevada area. This is primarily about apportionment for the House of Representatives. So it really is about representation, having your voice heard and represented in Congress. Critics believe the court's ruling will now allow President Donald Trump time to alter the count while in office by excluding unauthorized immigrants from the numbers used to reallocate congressional seats and electoral college votes for the next 10 years. Tribal communities have suffered disproportionate cases of COVID-19. 
Health repercussions led the Trump administration to extend the count through October 31st, but its sudden later reversal prompted court battles. Imodice explains how a possible undercount of tribal communities could negatively affect their lives. Tribes often run their own housing programs. They have their own health care centers and clinics. They maintain the roads on the reservation, so transportation dollars are at stake. In the 2010 census, American Indians and the Alaska Native population living on reservations was undercounted by almost 5%, one of the highest undercounts of any group. For Public News Service, I'm Roz Brown. I'm Keith Porter, and today I'm talking with Denise Ronalter, who is the president of Master Gardeners of Nevada County. So we want to find out a little bit more about Master Gardeners of Nevada County, who they are, what they do, why they exist, and what they do for our community. So, Denise, welcome to KVMR. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So tell us about Master Gardeners of Nevada County. Now, it's a group in our county. It's similar to groups in other counties as well, right? And it's sponsored by the University of California. Is that correct? Correct, yes, yes. The University of California, um, you know, California is such an agricultural state. They were not able to support both the commercial growers and the home gardeners. So they developed the Master Gardener Program. Actually, it started up in Washington State, and it is, I think, international now. The universities have the counties start these programs, and we are trained by them. And then we extend research-based gardening and composting information to the public. And we have different educational outreach methods. Some of those have been put on hold this year with COVID, but we are striving to get the the gardening information out there because during COVID we find so many more people are gardening this year. Absolutely. So how many uh, people are involved with uh, Master Gardeners in Nevada County? You have membership. Yes, um, we have training every two years, although we are canceling our training for next year because of uh, we feel that we wanted to do it in person rather than through Zoom. That's sad, isn't it, to lose a, a year? It is very sad, yeah, because then we recruit 20 people each year. Sometimes we have a waiting list, and they go through an interview process, and then they are trained for about five months. Um, so it's a rather extensive training program then. Uh, very well trained, yes, by the university um, and other um, experts in the field. So we'll meet usually on Fridays, and it's a four-hour class, and you will learn a semester of botany in four hours. Well, <laughs> so if, if someone's interested in joining uh, and taking that training, which won't happen next year, it'll be in 2022 then, I guess, right? Yeah, uh, we're hoping. How 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 does one um, uh, apply? You said it's limited to twenty, and sometimes you have a waiting list, so the people obviously apply and are selected. How how does one reach out and apply? Well, you can go out to our website. Um, it's ncmg.ucanr.org, and down on the bottom on the left, it says how to become a master gardener. You fill out that form, put you on the list, and then you'll be contacted when it gets to be time. Okay, let's repeat that website because that's a lot of letters. Okay, it's ncmg.ucanr.org. And for people like me that like to know what those acronyms are, it's uh, UC is Agricultural Natural Resources, right? The ANR, UC ANR? Correct. 
Okay. So that's how you can get involved if you'd like to. But tell us a little bit more then about what master gardeners do. Obviously, they garden. They help other people learn how to garden better, uh, answer questions, that sort of thing. Right. And um, that's been our struggle this year is that, you know, um, we would putting on um, weekly workshops on different subject matter um, at the Elks Lodge. Well, the Elks Lodge closed. Then our offices are in the Vets Hall where we have our hotline office. People would walk in with plants or bugs and say, you know, how can I get rid of this bug? And, and our Vets Hall is now a COVID test site. So we lost our office. So the board was meeting every week for quite a few weeks. How can we get back out to reach the public? We decided to move our in-person workshops to Zoom. And so we're still having those most Saturdays. Again, you can go to that same website and get our schedule. But the great thing is we're recording our workshops now. They're on our website. Then you can get the handouts there and listen to them whenever you want. So the pandemic brings uh, one little silver lining in that the workshops are recorded and available for the future, not just for people who attend live. Yeah, so that's kind of exciting. We're building up this library of materials and videos. So you mentioned workshops. Uh, You also mentioned a hotline. Do you have a place where people can call in with questions? Um, We did, but that was in the vet's hall, so we no longer do that. But there is um, two places on our website. At the top, there's a contact us. And then down the left, it's got questions. So, you you know, if you've got a question about your garden or what you're trying to do, you can fill out a form, you can attach photos, and we'll contact you that way. You also do some outreach on radio, right? Yes. We do have a radio show, and I, I, I didn't ask you if I could say this, but oh, KNCO yes. every Saturday. Yeah, we, we, we recognize that we share the community with KNCO, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's every Saturday, 10 to 12, and that's another avenue where you, uh, the public can call in with their gardening questions. Okay, and there is a gardening show on KVMR, too. I don't remember the exact schedule, but I, uh, that's not officially part of the Master Gardeners, but it does happen. Yes. So how is all this funded? The training, uh, the staff from uh, UC, which I think has some oversight responsibilities, uh, is that paid for by UC or by the participants, or how does that work? Training is paid by the participants. UC has uh, just funded a couple people for us, like our, our coordinator um, is on their payroll. The rest of us are volunteers, and our avenue for making income for us um, is through our twice-a-year plant sales. We have one in the spring, and we have one in the fall. And so, of course, this year we had to cancel the public plant sales, so we lost that income. But we did go ahead. We were going to have a big celebration at the spring plant sale and release our um, new edition of our garden guide and of course we couldn't do that either so we decided to just do a soft opening several of the nurseries in town now have it weiss brothers b and c new life nursery a to z peaceful valley farm and garden supply and isley's in auburn and so that the it you're talking about there is your garden guide is that correct that's a book obviously that's our garden that's a book. Yes, that's a book. Um, we kept it at the same price as 10 years ago. It's $30, and it's got a wealth of information, and it's written by the Master Gardeners, and it's tailored for the Sierra Western Sierra uh, foothills. Well, we're all sorry for the fact that the uh, pandemic has uh, impacted your operations negatively in some ways, but it sounds like you're coping and finding ways to stay relevant and uh, and keep the concept of better gardening out there for our community. So that's great. How can the community support Master Gardeners in Nevada County? What what can the community do to, to help you do the job better? 
just reach out to us at all time. I mean, we, you know, we um, keep track of the contacts we each make. So it's like, you know, yeah, reach out to us, Con- you know, contact us on our website, email us, attend our workshops. We'd like to get that headcount up. But if you wanted to make a donation, you can do that also on our website. Okay. Go to the home page. There's there's actually a make a gift, and it'll go to our Master Gardener Fund for Nevada County. All right, let's repeat that website one more time for those who know okay. maybe caught their interest. It's NC for Nevada County, MG. That's four letters together, ncmg.uc for University of California, A&R, Agricultural and Natural Resources.org. Okay. And Denise, uh, do you also have a demonstration garden? That is still open. Um, that's on the NID grounds at 1036 West Main Street in Grass Valley. It's outside and still available. You need to wear a mask, of course, and we try to limit it to 10 people at a time there. And we're also on social media. So, you know, Instagram, Facebook, you can find us, and you can ask questions out there and we'll answer them. Denise Runalter is the president of a very active group of master gardeners in Nevada County. Denise, thank you for the work you're doing in the community to help us all enjoy gardens better and uh, perhaps uh, even have uh, better fruit and vegetables and all of that uh, in our diet. We appreciate your work in the community. Thanks for joining us today on KVMR. Thank you so much for having me, Keith. It's time for the Grass Valley Downtown Association report with Marnie Marshall. Uh, good evening, Marnie. Good evening, Felton. So what do we got going on in Grass Valley this weekend? We've got a lot of decorations downtown for Halloween. They kind of keep popping up every day. New ones are added. So you should just come down and see. We've got a truck filled with hay bales and pumpkins and a scarecrow. And lots of fun, goofy decorations all over big werewolf over by the clock tower at Mill and Main, an alien over by La Chida. Those are just a few things. You'll just have to come down and see. And we wanted to just invite everybody down to see because it, it looks pretty great. There was a traditional trick-or-treating event that used to happen in downtown Grass Valley. How's that going this year? Our traditional preschool trick-or-treat is not able to happen. We have to make the call that we're not going to have the traditional trick-or-treat where we would invite thousands of people to gather and have the merchants give out candy. However, we do have a wide array of activities. We can invite people to come down and shop and take photos with all these Halloween decorations that the city of Grass Valley has provided for downtown. And we're so appreciative. It's the heart of the community, and I hope that everybody just comes down and loves it while it's and wildly decorated, and those decorations will change throughout the fall and into the holidays. We do have in downtown a window decorating contest for the merchants. And we're so thankful for Ben Franklin for providing a really nice prize for our businesses to decorate the best Halloween window. So the public can vote for Grass Valley and Nevada City windows. And you can go to downtowngrassvalley.com and there's a link right at the top for voting. And that starts next week, so don't vote till next week, but definitely come check it out. And you can also go to the Nevada City Chamber of Commerce website. We both have activities listed on our website of what you can do around the holidays, and there's a wide variety of things. So we've, you know, we'll keep adding to the list, and 
a reminder, too, that the Open Studios Art Tour is still happening this weekend, and that's free, open to the public. You just go to the centerforthearts.org and decide what studios you want to visit, and there are also virtual tours. We've been talking with Marnie Marshall. That was the Grass Valley Downtown Association Report. Thank you very much, Marnie. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Well, that's going to do it for our newscast for this evening. The KVMR Evening News is produced by Paul Emery Audio. For their support, we want to thank Ag Natural and Grass Valley Hydro Garden, offering gardening supplies, greenhouse and hydroponic and light systems, also organic soils and nutrients. Ag Natural is on Idaho Maryland Road and Grass Valley Hydro Garden on Clydesdale Court. Online at grassvalleyhydrogardenstore.com. John Hensley and Recreation Realty offering essential real estate services since 1973, showing properties by appointment following safety protocols. Recreation Realty, Nevada City locations, Broad Street, also Highway 20, 265-6565. NevadaCountyProperties.net. Simply Country, family-owned retailing farm and feed since 1964. Carrying water storage tanks, organic feed, alfalfa, varieties of dog and cat food, also wood heat products. In Grass Valley and Penn Valley, simplycountry.net. Well, coming up next, it's the California Report, and at 7 o'clock, it's Democracy Now! with Amy Goodman here on KVMR. I'm Felton Pruitt, wishing you a wonderful weekend.